This episode of the Mac Rumor Show podcast is sponsored by Banktivity. There was an Apple event yesterday. Did you guys see that? Wait, what? I know. It was apparently taking place from space, but... Um, oh, I must have missed it then. I wasn't... I was actually here on Earth. Yeah, okay, cool. Well, uh, for those of you who are wondering who was here on Earth, we have a very special guest. This is Luke Miani. He's joining us. Um, you know, you've recognized him from his... You know, the videos that I watch of yours are the ones where you buy Macs that you absolutely shouldn't because they're my favorite... Because I'm like, you know what? I'm going to buy Those an old Mac. my favorite, too. Yeah, I'm going to buy an old Mac that's terrible and make it cool. And then I don't do that. Um, so you probably recognize him from those videos, maybe the Dark Mode podcast that you're also co-host of. But thank you so much for joining us. Obviously, we also have Hartley here as well. He's always here. I don't think I need to introduce him anymore. Yeah. He's always going to be <laughs> here. I hopefully will always be here. Uh, but today, we have Luke. And we're going to talk right up, you know, go right into the event uh, because there's so much that happened. Um We'll start with what Apple started with, Apple Watch Series 8, which, uh, you know, a little boring, but... Yeah, I honestly... I honestly fell asleep, you know? I couldn't <laughs> keep my eyes open. Series 8, um, and then also the uh, the SE was quite boring as well. Um, they barely I mean, talked about it. Yeah, it was like a one-minute type of thing where they were like, oh, hey, by the way, we made the back out of composite now, and it reduces the carbon footprint by 80%. And I was like, neat. And then that was it. <laughs> that was pretty much all Apple did. They were like, yeah, that's we've, we changed the backup. Uh, you know, you get some features. I think you still get uh, crash detection on it, which is actually surprising to me, right? Yeah. I believe you get that. Um, and then, oh, by the way, Hartley's going to fact check me when I say things, because sometimes I just say things that I think is correct and ultimately ends up just not being right sometimes. Uh, but yeah, Hartley, we have crash detection. Is there anything else of note yeah. for the, the SE and the Series 8? Because honestly, if, uh, you know, if you don't want to go into the Ultra, which we're going to spend a lot of time talking about here, um, and you're coming from something like a 5, I guess maybe go with like That's a... That's what I'm doing. Yeah, I would say maybe like go to a 7 if you don't... Like, I, save your money. I don't know. Does it seem worth it? Well, that was my plan. I, I was originally going to go for a Series 8. You know, I've got a, a Series 6. The battery life's not so great anymore. And I thought, this this is the year to go for it. But now I'm, th I'm, I'm looking around for a cheap, you know, Series 7 because the two upgrades you're actually going to, to get with crash detection, I'm going to get an iPhone 14 Pro. So right. it's actually no benefit to get crash detection. And obviously, I don't need any of the ovulation features which I'm nope. sure will be very useful some, to, to some people, but they're not going to be useful to any of us three. So, so That's well, true. We're not exactly so, the target audience. No. Exactly. But did I not hear – was it was so quick, and I didn't get a chance to go back. Did they not say that they could detect, uh, you know, if, whether you were starting to feel ill um, or if your temperature was rising for – like, did they kind of, like, generalize that? and Or were they still talking about women? Because I feel like it still works, right? That's a good point. I don't remember. They, I swear, I'm going to find this back in the event. Huh. They, they, they briefly mentioned, like, this will also detect whether you are having a rise in temperature and you might starting to feel ill or something's going on with a change in your body. Um, and then they just went right back to the ovulation deviation. It was, like, right in the middle of the cycle deviation. It was, like, right in the middle of those two things that they were talking about for cycle tracking and how the temperature uh, sensor works. I swear they dropped something about feeling ill and this would detect that change in your body. Hmm. I think it was mainly referring to uh, during sleep. 
because that's when it's taking most of its temperature measurements yeah. um, for these ovulation features. So you'd think that that would also work for yeah. uh, male users. Yeah. But I think it's only built in to work with these uh, you know, women's health-specific features right now. So I, I um, wonder if in the future they're going to like open that up into like the sleep app maybe or something? I could see that being uh, WatchOS 10 or whatever. I don't, I don't keep track of the WatchOS. I don't know what we're on. We're uh, on but I could right. see that happening. Okay, all right. That was good. That was a good guess. <laughs> um, yeah, I could see them saying, you know, WatchOS 10 uh, for Apple Watch SE or Series 8 and later, now introducing temperature monitoring for sleep tracking, uh, for telling you if you're sick or something. Although I don't mm-hmm. know if measuring from your wrist would... Like if you have the flu, does that not? Isn't that mostly like a you know thermometer in the t- in, under the tongue or like check the forehead? I don't know what the wrist does. Well, I wonder. So they did explain that apparently at night, uh, you your body regulates like the the heat and the the blood flow. I think I'm saying that right. Something they showed an image in which everything kind of starts to like move through the rest of your body and kind of like evens itself out. And the wrist is apparently a pretty accurate place. Um, during that time while you're sleeping to get the 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 heat differences, I I think that was right, mm. right, Hartley. You're my you're my yeah. No, I I think so. It's just I, it makes you wonder. There's a reason why they've kept this specifically so heavily focused on women's health, and it must be because it's pretty inaccurate. And so the data points that they are able to get from the algorithm that they've developed can only be applied within the parameters of those women's health features that that can be the only assumption that that i can reach so maybe over time they can iterate on that and introduce it for health but it just seems it just seems uh like a bit of a disappointment really i mean i know we were expecting this that it would not offer that much but it's just kind of disappointing that i'm looking at this series eight i've been waiting for it a long time and i don't there's nothing for me to upgrade to here Um, not a single feature i can point to so it, it feels like I know every year the Apple Watch upgrades are small. People said that about the Series 7, but I feel like the Series 7 was actually a pretty big upgrade compared to this. The Series 6 was as well. Series 5 with always on display. You know, there, there were these bigger upgrades years ago. Even the chip in this device is basically the same as the, the uh, what is it, the S6 in the Series 6. Yeah. I was honestly, that was one thing that I was expecting when they said they were going to update the SE, I was expecting the always-on display from the Series 5 to make it to the SE because that seems logical, you know? It's been three years now. So you would expect that with this trickle of upgrades from Pro or from the high end down to the low end, I thought this was the year for that. But then we we just got... Like, it still has the same display as the Series 4 from 2018, I mean, I know they dropped the price, so that was good to hear. And I don't think the Apple Watch SE is bad. However, they could have easily kept it at 279 and put that always on display on. But I think the problem was, then why would you buy a Series right. 8? It was already nothing, so I, it would have been even more pointless. Especially if they gave you crash detection. I feel like they were just like, yeah, always on display is something that everyone would use, obviously, because you can't not use it. And, or can you? Can you turn it off? I've never actually looked into that. Yeah, you can tell. Okay, I figured you could, actually. Um, But I didn't really confirm that. Uh, But 
Yeah, I mean, like, people are going to use it, and that's the most useful thing out of, you know, crash detection, something that hopefully doesn't happen to people all that often. Um, you know, these are features that, this is a feature that you're going to use, so why would anyone jump up to something 399 or more, um, depending on your wrist size and configuration? The one thing I do want to stress about the Series 8 um, is that it doesn't make any sense to get this, unless you really don't want the the bigger... Um, or you just don't like the design of the Ultra, do not get the stainless steel version. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's 750 and, I mean, for an extra $50, you could arguably get far more functionality and usefulness out of it, or even if you're not going to use it. Maybe one day you turn into a runner or someone outdoorsy. Maybe you get diving certification. You know, you go through a midlife crisis. Maybe I'm going to get my diving certification uh, you know, you never know when like those extra features and for an extra $50, I know, you know, $50 isn't nothing to like scoff at, but still, I feel like you could get the better titanium, uh, the extra action button, which hopefully they'll open up to something, you know, that like third party developers could use for the other. That would be really cool. We never, they never mentioned mm-hmm. that, but I'm just assuming, right? Yeah, I think you can program it to i don't see why you wouldn't be able to do that because you can you can choose what it does and they let you i would imagine it would be something like a series shortcut where you could just say like okay uh, i want to map this to like they showed off that dive app maybe you could have it start or stop you know i, I don't know anything about diving but <laughs> Me perhaps like, you know, if you're like, okay, let's start a timer here. Maybe that could be useful to have it well, start so, or stop a stopwatch. So like in the Compass app, they have it to mark waypoints. So like I wouldn't see why. Yeah. I don't know why, but Things 3 is coming into my head right now. And if you wanted to like start like a quick, uh, it's on my watch. So like I could see the little thing. So if I, if I was in the Things app and maybe I wanted to jot something down real quick, I could just hit that button um, and it would take me into some sort of functionality for that. I have no idea. Um, or maybe like in Spotify, if I hit that button, it'll start a specific playlist that I wanted to play. Like there's so many things you can do with an extra button that I just don't think we ever really thought about. Um, and now that it's here, like, I don't know. Hey guys, I just wanted to take a second to interrupt this podcast and let you know that rumor has it there's a band of Renegade Mac developers in the woods of Vermont who have made it their mission to help people make the most of their money. They're called IGG Software, and they created Banktivity, a powerful suite of Mac, iOS-based personal financial tools. And from what I hear, it's helping people everywhere work towards all sorts of financial goals. Banktivity pulls all of your bank accounts, investments, credit cards, monthly bills into one complete picture. So you always know what's coming in and what's going out. From there, you'll decide what financial goals you want to focus on, paying down debt, saving for a down payment, a college fund, or even a retirement. Banktivity's goals tool will ask you how much you want to save and by when, then tell you how much to save each month. Coupled with the envelope budgeting feature, you'll be able to prioritize your goals and track your progress across all of your devices. More than easy to use, it's super secure, and all of your data is encrypted end-to-end. Subscriptions start at less than $50 a year, and now MacRumors listeners can get 20% off their first year. Just go ahead and click the link down below and start saving on and with Banktivity today. That's the watch I'm yeah, excited about. Like you said, like you said with, uh, if you are looking at the stainless steel, stop looking at it. Yeah. Uh, it's it's really not a good buy right now. And the Hermes one, like, uh, I what? Mean... That it, I mean, I guess that was already... Like, yeah. you know, $1,200, not really in the market for a ton of people. But 
the thing that's actually really interesting about the Apple Watch Ultra, and I'm sure we'll get into it a little bit more in just a second here, but it's actually, if you think about it, less expensive than the Series 7 because the Series 7 45mm titanium Apple Watch, which is the closest thing that we would have had to this, was 850 So technically, you get a larger screen, twice the battery, all of those extra features, a larger you know, watch size itself, and it's $50 less than what it arguably replaces. Yeah. I feel like I've got to, I've got to play devil's advocate and defend no. the, the stainless steel watch now because no. I love the stainless steel watch. Um, I mean, and that's what I've been looking for to, to buy. I, that's what I, 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 I ordered a stainless steel Series A. I've canceled the order. Now. Really? Um, okay, good. But I'm, uh, I'm going to defend it compared to the Ultra. The first thing is you've got that smaller casing size. So yeah. for me, I like the 41 yeah. millimeter Apple Watch. Um, so for me, the Ultra is just not an option. Um, and so that stainless steel fits in quite nicely. Uh, the other thing is, before the event, we were kind of not sure how far this, when we were thinking it was like Apple Watch Pro, how far it would lean into the luxury market. Um, mm -hmm. But it looks like they're basically not doing that at all. This is all in on extreme sports, um, athletes. It's not, it's not presenting itself as, oh, look at this link bracelet that goes, you know, with this, or the leather bands that are, you know, premium quality. It's, it's, it's going for um, that rugged look, um, which some customers who want uh, something that's more sort of elegant with the, the softer design, you know, that's, that's something that, that some people will go for. It's just not everyone. It's, it's not completely useless. It, it's just more of like when you're looking at it from like, what you get in comparison, unless, you know, like you said, the the, the, the two size options are obviously, a, you know, that's going to be something. If you just don't like the look of it, because there is a different look, and if you don't like the size, then yes, those are reasons why you should stay away and go for something else. But I think it still looks nice. And I will say my wife doesn't follow any of this. And last night we were sitting, you know, we went to a concert. We were sitting there waiting for the bands to start. And I was just kind of filling her in because she was kind of intrigued and asking. So I showed her the, the, the ultra and she's like, oh, that looks nice. Like, and she didn't mean it as like, she thought it looked nice. And I think it does too. And since the 41 and 45 millimeter bands are uh, compatible, you could put a link, ba you know, band on it and make it mm -hmm. look nice. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. I'm planning on on putting... I, I, so the thing that's interesting, um, I have to look at the dimensions of it, but I feel like... like I have the Series 5 with a Milanese loop, and it's like designed to be very, very flush on yeah. the side of the watch. And I'm, I mean, I'm sure that it will physically fit, but I'm not sure from what I've seen that it will be perfectly flush. Yeah. It just seems, it's like a bigger watch. It's more rounded. So I think if you have like a buckle design that doesn't really, you know, curve with the watch, those will probably be compatible. But I have a feeling that my Milanese loop is not going to carry over. But that being said, you could definitely class up that watch with a watch face and like a leather or a buckle band. Um, and the other thing if I may unplay devil's advocate on the stainless steel, I agree that the uh, the Ultra isn't going to be for everyone, but I don't think the stainless steel really has a place. 
because I think you are going to achieve, if you want that classy minimal look and you don't want the big bulky watch, or if you like the 41 millimeter case size, those are all perfectly valid, but it's $320 extra to go from aluminum to stainless steel. And the only thing that you're getting is like two ounces of stainless steel, which by the way, I'm not a, I'm not a materials cost expert, but I don't <laughs> think that's worth $320. I don't think there's $320 of material in there. So I don't really see, I think you would get a lot better use. I, I think you'd, you'd do better at getting yourself like a, a classy look at just getting like the starlight aluminum and buying a nice band. I agree. It'd be less than $300. You'd get all the same features. And it's such a small difference and such a small amount of material that I really don't see the stainless steel being worth it. Especially if you go like the darker color, I think it's really hard to tell, yeah. Harley. I'm, I'm serious. Like, I think if you go between oh, the midnight and the stainless steel, I don't know that anyone, like, I don't, I don't know. I'm around these all the time. Luke, you're around these all the time. You've messed around with mm-hmm. all these different watches. Like, could you really at a glance be like, oh, that, that's the stainless steel. That doesn't look nearly as nice compared to like a midnight, you know, aluminum. I don't know that I would tell instantly. I actually, to be honest, I prefer the look of the aluminum because the stainless steel looks really good in renders and when you unbox it. Yeah. But I have a friend who bought a Series 6 stainless steel and it looks atrocious now. It's been, oh, what is that, gross. two years? And it's gross. It's caked up with like like hand grime. It's scratched to heck, and it it looks worse than the aluminum. My aluminum is three years old, and it looks pretty much perfect right now. Harley, I'm sorry to gang up on you like this. I think we're supposed <laughs> to be it's, it's considering fine, that we're wearing. I'm, <laughs> I'm just speaking up for for the people that love the stainless steel because I had all the Apple watches I had from the Series Zero were all space gray aluminium casings and then with the series four i switched to stainless steel i would never go back um and hmm. that's just i found it way more durable it goes with watch bands um way better for me uh i i just it's for me uh it's been it's been worth it um and that was something that i had to reconcile before i'd i bought one um thinking how on earth can i justify this but now it's just like a, a default thing for me um and matching watch bands and things, I, I don't know. I, it's sort of thing that bothers me. If even if the lugs don't match in exactly yeah. the right way, you know, the the titanium is a bit of a warmer color. Is it going to go with with that watch band? You know, that's the sort of thing that gets me. And I think that with those, the people that are buying the stainless steel, especially the people that are buying the Hermes, um, they're not worried about the price necessarily. They're thinking about those those little details. But for what it's worth, my stainless steel Apple Watch is not full of gunk it looks still good after after two years i mean i clean it but i can see where luke's coming from i think it looks gross and i feel like we should be on the same team considering that we've somehow managed to wear the same shirt again um uh or similar shirts Uh, luke i'm sorry we forgot to tell you the dress code um oh yeah i i I should get out my white my white plain tee so one time we had jonathan morrison on like a couple months ago and we were wearing these like very similar shirts and I said before the show, I'm like, how great would it be if he came on with something very similar? And sure enough, he hopped on in and he was wearing a similar shirt. So <laughs> it's the unofficial uniform. I mean, all right. I I personally think the Series 8 is, you know, not that big of an upgrade. I, I think we're all kind of in agreement there. I definitely think there's going to be a lot of people saying, what do you need the Ultra for? Dan, you don't look like someone who's going to take advantage of it. 
And I'm I I just want a watch that I could do all of those things, but ultimately is going to sit on mm-hmm. my wrist while I'm at my desk eating ice cream. Uh, but like you know, if I ever decide to do an extreme sports challenge for one of your videos, right? Aren't you? I mean, we talked about. I would do it. I, I would do it. I think that would be fun. Uh, like let let me go for a hike, something I've hardly ever done. Let me go for a hike somewhere crazy, or go diving. No, I don't want to do that. But maybe we'll figure <laughs> out something. Scary. Yeah, I mean, it would be cool, but I feel like there's a little bit more practice involved for that. Not something I can pump out super quick. But I mean. I don't see the the harm in like if you were already planning to spend seven fifty on a stainless watch and you're like oh I'm never going to use the features of the ultra, uh, just the fact that you have double the battery life uh, is something mm-hmm. that you should consider. If you don't care about the mm-hmm. design, the larger aspect, uh, you have better GPS. How many times have you been walking around a city maybe and you're trying to use your watch for directions and you're in between large buildings and you just like it just doesn't work properly. It floats you into like the middle, and you're like, "Where am I?" This doesn't make any sense. Now with the dual GPS, what is it, like the L1 and L5? I don't know what any of that means, but you know, it sounds impressive and better. So five is better than one. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, I, don't know. I mean, Personally, I agree. If you're someone who was able to justify a stainless steel at any point, mm-hmm. then there really should not be any issue justifying the ultra. Whether you want it or not is a separate issue, but if the matter is justification, if a stainless steel was something that you were willing to spend for, if, I mean, an Hermes, of course, is like its own thing, but if you were willing to spend more for even just aesthetics, then there should not be any issue justifying the Ultra. Because as we've mentioned in the past, if you went for the stainless steel, the titanium, the ceramic back when they had that until I think until series five or six, um, those were objectively, you know, worse deals. If you want to look at it like that, because you were paying that extra sometimes well more than the $800 that the ultra costs. And the only thing that was different was that case material, the aesthetic. So what Apple's doing here is they're saying, okay, you can buy a higher end aesthetic one or for the same price, you can get like a ton more features. And I think that's great. I don't see a problem with it at all. I mean, from no, I a it's feature- it's got a great price point. I think it's yeah. quite surprising yeah. it's actually at that. I, I was, expecting was expecting it to be more. Right, weren't we all rumored like, or like reporting that it was literally gonna be at least 999 or more, like somewhere 1100, mm-hmm. somewhere like that. And when they said 799, Apple did, whoever leaked that to German and reported that, that this was going to be a very expensive watch, really did a good job. Masterclass in manipulation. Because how many of us are like, oh, yeah. whoa, $7.99, that's such a great deal. When in reality, <laughs> maybe maybe it's not. But like when you think about what but it I mean, could have been. Look, I was totally gearing up. I, I've only ever spent $4.29 on an Apple Watch. That's it. I don't yep. buy, I don't even go for like the nicer band. I bought the Milanese Loop on like a, a deal on Amazon Prime Day or whatever. Like I... I have never even considered getting a nicer material. You know, I was at one point I was like, oh, the Series 7 titanium looks nice. I went on their configurator. I was like, oh, God, no, I'm not paying $800 for that. But then Apple was like, they pulled out this, and all of a sudden I'm like, oh, $800, that's pretty cheap. Yeah. That's a good price. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just looked at, I'm looking at the website now. I didn't, I realized that the 750 was for the 41. So if you're getting a 45 million, it's the same price as the Ultra. It's one size, so it's it's the exact same price. Uh, and I mean, it's not 
a stretch to say it is the best Apple Watch from a feature functionality standpoint. It is the best watch mm. you can get made from Apple. Whether it's something you need or want, that's up to you. That's a you problem. But if you're like, you know, there are many people out there who's like, I just want the best one that I can get. Which one is that? It's this one. Mm. So I've got and, a question. Okay. Oh no, go ahead, Luke. I, I, I'm gonna, I'm about to unleash hell with my question. So oh, you no. go first. No. Okay. Yeah. I'll just do my, my one final point here, which was that. Um, so in my live stream, I always love live streaming during the event because I get to see everyone's live thoughts and like those split second initial impressions. And I saw a lot of people that were like. This is so expensive. I'm, you're not even going to use those features. This is so stupid. Like, why would <sighs> Apple do this? And it's it just struck me as though, like, if you were watching the reveal of the Mac Studio and the M1 Ultra, and your and your hot take is, oh man, why would Apple sell this five thousand dollar computer? I'm so annoyed. What will I use for college now? It's and it's not like for it's like, you. <laughs> It's it's like that what sort more of could like you want? I mean, weird... the battery life alone. Yeah. It's got a redesign. People always complain about that. I mean, it's like what box I is know. this not taking? And it just it just struck me as so ironic that there that there are people that are like, oh, this is so stupid. Uh, why would I even need those features? I'm not going to pay eight hundred dollars for that. It's like, yeah, that's that's because they're not targeting you. Then don't like, <laughs> I I I have no reason to justify that. I should buy a Series 8. If I was a smart individual, I would go on Amazon Renewed and get a Series 7. Yep. That's the smart buy. You can get those refurbished on Apple. You can get, uh, I'm just looking at it now, the GPS and cellular 45 millimeter aluminum is $400. So you, you can save a little bit of money, get the one-year warranty, and get cellular, which you usually have to pay extra for. The smart move is to get a Series 7. But I'm not smart. I'm very dumb. And I want the extra battery life, bigger screen, and a new design. And for me, that's worth $800. But for the people out there complaining that it's so expensive, uh, I, I really don't know what to say. There's nothing yeah, wrong with... There's never with... been a better time to get a, a low-cost yeah. Apple Watch right now. Yeah, Get an, get an SE then, because chances are, if mm -hmm. you're complaining about those features, then you really don't need an Apple Watch besides basic fitness tracking and notifications and... That's the entry level way to do it, and it's better than most other smartwatches out there. So just get that. Like, there's, I, I just never understand why people complain when we have sometimes too many choices is the problem. But like, this is three options, you know, aside from the the used market that you have, and we're just saying that the Ultra is definitely worth it, all things considered. Because we were expecting this to be priced way higher. What are the Garmin watches mm -hmm. going for? Because this is who this is, you know, they're going after. Garmin has that stranglehold on the running community, the hiking, the fitness, you know, the extreme sports, like the people who need more, mm -hmm. um, especially the battery life. You know, that was some of the things that, you know, really high-end runners, marathon runners are like, I'm not going to use, I can't, I can't run a marathon with my Apple Watch because it's going to die before I'm done. Uh, yeah. So... I don't know. Yeah, like the Garmin, the Garmin Dive Watch. I forget what it was called. It's it's nine ninety nine. Yeah, there's I mean, the Garmin Mark Athlete uh, forty six millimeter, which costs fifteen hundred dollars. <laughs> fifteen hundred. Yeah. So the way that I see the Apple Watch Ultra is actually kind of like the Pro Display XDR. When the when the Pro when the Pro Display XDR came out, everyone was like, "Oh my God, it's such an expensive monitor." But their target 
was reference monitors, which are 10 grand or more. So they went for that like super niche. They broadened it out a little bit to make it usable by a wider group of people. And they actually, you know, undercut the price. So I would not be at all surprised if reviews say, oh, well, that $1,500 Garmin watch is a better running watch or that uh, that dive watch is a better dive watch. But the Apple Watch does all of those things and is an Apple Watch and is less. And works way better with your phone, I'm guessing. I've never used a Garmin watch, but I'm going to guess that Garmin doesn't have the uh, same abilities that Apple does when it comes to the iPhone and software. So Probably not. Probably not. Maybe Garmin has something we don't know. But, I mean, it just, yeah, you're right. It, it, it's, it's exactly that. That's what they're doing. And there's going to be a lot of, quote, unquote, normal people like us who don't need any of those things but are going to buy it and wear it yep. because they like the design. They want the battery life. There's so many things, like you said, to ju- that justifies it, uh, especially if you're like a stainless steel person. No offense, Hartley. Go ahead. Unleash the hell. Mm. Let's hear it. What do you – Wait, what, before I, you I unleash the hell – before one, the final thing I want to just say, I looked it up on Amazon. If you're smart, unlike any of us who want the dive computer that we're never going to use, if you're smart, get an Apple Watch Series 7. You can get them renewed on Amazon, the 45 millimeter, for $288. I mean, you can't beat that. Unbeatable deal. Just, just get that. And up until next week, it's literally the best watch you can get right now. So, I mean, literally, yeah, you're, wor- you're looking at the Series 8. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you're you not know, getting crash detection. So you which... save $150, and it's ba- and oh, okay. If you're planning on getting into a car crash in the next year or so, <laughs> maybe get the Series Eight. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, seriously, like I know we can't predict that, and like, you know, hopefully you never need it. But that's that. It is like a nice to have, and especially if you're absolutely thinking of getting a new iPhone in the next, you know, year or six months or whatever. Then yeah, I, I mean, there's no reason to upgrade, or you know, the cycle tracking that could be a huge thing for people. Um, you know, that could be something that hits close to home to where people are really wanting an extra hand on how to better figure out that whole thing so that they can get pregnant a little easier. Maybe you're having a little trouble. And that is a huge help. Uh, but for everyone else, you know, you might not need those things. Definitely look at the Series 7 because it's going to be a better yeah. value. All right. Go ahead. Unleash Hell. Let's hear it. Let's let's hear it. Naming. Oh, the now oh, Apple Watch Ultra. Yeah. But I don't think many of us saw that coming. No. But nope. we like it. Not. And does this now mean that this is what Apple is going to use for high-end products going forward? Are we going to get, uh, you know, an Apple Ultra display? Are we going to get iPhone Ultra? Is this where it's all going now? And how do we feel about it? I'll let you take the floor. So, for one, I, I rarely wade into Apple's product naming speculation because if there's one thing that Apple isn't, it's consistent. Uh, they have, they tend to kind of be all over the place with their names. I mean, if you look at all their different product stacks, you got Apple watch, Apple watch ultra. There's no pro on the iPhone. You've got, okay. iPhone and watch carry over the SE, but not the pro and now not the ultra, but then there's a plus there, but there's no plus in iPad. Uh, but they're like, you can, and also the Ultra name is for the capabilities of the Apple Watch, but in the Mac, Ultra means the performance of the chip. It like and and the same thing with the M1 Max and the iPhone 12 Pro Max. Like the the names and the suffixes don't line up. 
So I, I really don't think that we could figure out what their next move with Ultra is unless they had a more uh, logical way to do things. Like if it was Apple Watch, if the stainless steel was the Apple Watch Pro and Pro Max, and then this was the Apple Watch Ultra, maybe we could draw some more parallels. But honestly, I think Apple's marketing team is just like going crazy and they just have a word bank and they just pull from it. It's not a word bank. It's a word petri dish it literally fits like yeah. five <laughs> five words it's ultra it's max it's plus and it's pro and honestly to answer your second question first hartley no i don't think that this is going to be consistent because luke nailed it again it's they're not consistent they i don't think they care honestly um mm -hmm. and you know even with the iphone 14 which we'll talk about like literally in a few minutes here uh i, I just you know, the we, we were talking about it being the iPhone 14 Max. We talked about this last episode, too. You know, I still get tweets from a guy that I, I, I think it's funny. Like, I appreciate him thinking that it was going to be plus because Max doesn't make any sense because Max means, like, taking things to the highest level and it's not the highest end. And he's right in this specific use case and instance, but that's not always what Apple does. How many years have we gone with the iPhone, what, 6 Plus? That was the best one they mm. had. The 7 Plus, the best one they had. The 8 Plus, the best one of those two that they had. You know, arguably the 10 was better, but whatever. I mean, it doesn't always mean that. So you, he got right on this one, and so I have to give him credit. He was right. But I wasn't wrong for me thinking that they were going to use Max. The only reason why they didn't use it is because it probably would have been even more confusing Right, you can't have two things called the Max and only separate from the Pro. Although you could, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't underestimate what Apple is gonna do because <laughs> they're gonna do the most confusing possible thing uh, ultimately with these names. The, the real question for me is, I think I quite like Ultra. Yeah, it's fine. In a way that I haven't like about Ma if this was Apple Watch Max, I don't think I would have liked it, and it very easily could have been. But Apple Watch Ultra, it mm. kind of makes a little more sense to me. Um, am I crazy for liking that name, or no? Is, does it not feel like a good fit? I think it. I think it works. I was just expecting Apple Watch Pro, so like, and Pro would have worked just fine. You know, it does bother me. The iPhone 14, no suffix. Like, How was that for transition? Well, wait, let, wait, 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 wait. Let's let's transition in a second. Uh, we'll briefly okay. let's let's spend let's let's Unwind, spend rewind. Let, let's spend just a couple minutes on AirPods Pro because oh yeah, oh yeah, those those did come out. I forgot about those. That's on my list, and I don't want to deviate from the list. Uh, so AirPods Pro too. What do we think? <laughs> <laughs> Neat. <laughs> it's. It is. It might seem on paper as underwhelming, but like the fact that the battery life is better, and that the the actually honestly, you know what it is for me? I can control the volume from the stem. That's it. That's worth two fifty right there. I will buy them in a heartbeat. It's time. It's been three years. Let's get your pro your AirPods Pro are probably failing you right now. I hate to say it. So if you're if you're like, hey, these are bad. Just get the new ones. You'll be happy with the new features that are added. Um, if yours are still going strong and you're cool with the volume and you don't lose them as much, I mean, the simple answer is just ride them out until they're done. Yeah. I, I am a little bit discouraged by the uh, disposable nature of AirPods. Uh, 
I, I think it definitely undermines what Apple's whole mission with being environmentally friendly. They keep talking about their carbon footprint and then they're shipping these glued together little plastic pucks that are pretty decently expensive and realistically don't have that long of a shelf life. I mean, yeah. I, I have not been able to fully uh, <clears throat> expend the lifespan of my original airpods pro because i lost the charging case in the san francisco airport uh so i just got a different pair because the batteries were already a little bit weak but that was last year they were two years old and already i'm noticing the battery life is not that great on these 250 dollars airpods so i personally am a big airpods third generation fan uh, I think they have great sound quality. I think they have a pretty darn good price point. And to be quite honest, the AirPods Pro ear tips definitely got on my nerves a little bit. They were all I'm I'm constantly adjusting them. So if I were buying new AirPods right now, the AirPods Pro 2 are they seem fine. They've got good upgrades, the speaker, the lanyard hook. Um, they can use an Apple Watch charger now, which is kind of cool. But I would get the AirPods third generation. Yeah, I, I would agree. I'm I'm also a huge fan of AirPods 3. Um, I think they were like the most un, un, underrated Apple release of last mm -hmm. year. Uh, no one, no one, I thought like no one else cared about them, but I absolutely love them because um, I just can't get on with those in-ear tips. But these upgrades yeah. that have been introduced with the AirPods Pro, uh, at some point, most of them should trickle down, right? Other than the noise exactly. cancellation. Um, and so that's where it's kind of interesting because these these features are going to come to the next generation AirPods Max and the next generation um, standard AirPods. Well, um, and I also think it's kind of interesting that they've got this new charging case option because I think that it, for me it seals the deal that we're going to get a USB C charging case at some point because now every single version of AirPods has had multiple charging cases. Mm -hmm. I mean, I I just think. It's going to go back to what it is now. Like the only thing that separates really the AirPods three and the and the Pros are transparency and noise cancellation. So I'm not going to be surprised if those other features trickle down and the case starts to become the same. Uh, it, random left field, uh, letting your Apple Watch charger use you know charge the case like that. It, it already accepts Qi, like you know the MagSafe chargers and the and Qi chargers. So like. I wasn't expecting that, but cool, I guess, if you want to travel with one less cable. Um, you know, just make everything USB-C, and then, you know, that would just make things easier. Uh, but I, I think the AirPods Pro for me are important because now that traveling is picking up again, um, I, I use the Pro or the Pros and the Maxes kind of interchangeably on a plane. Uh, you know, if I'm watching something, I use the maxes, but I can't use them for long periods of time. And then, like, if I'm just like want to chill out and listen to some music, like you can't lay your head up against the window with a you know with over ears. Mm -hmm. so these are just very first world problems for sure. So, but but if I had to pick like between one or the other, if I'm taking it, I'm gonna take the pros because I just find better. Like if I'm walking around a busy city, uh, I'm not gonna walk around and have noise cancellation with the maxes on. I just feel silly wearing that thing around. So I, I just think the pros are important to yeah. me. So. It's better. The battery life's better. I don't know. The sound not having lossless is kind of a big deal. We were expecting that. Yeah, I think they probably... I think they gave AirPods Pro maybe a little bit more time than they needed to just to like match the scale of 
what uh, an upgrade this was. Uh, I, I think this is a type of thing where it's not, you know, game breaking. I don't think they're trying to be game breaking here. Uh, I think it's a matter of like, if you wanted to get AirPods Pro, congratulations. Now they're better. So same price, more features. What's yeah. what's not to like? Uh, if you have the original AirPods Pro and you are really sad about the the crappy battery, then uh, you know, like like your battery is really dying and there's they're starting to wear out. Then I guess you don't have to buy the same ones you already had. You can get an upgrade. I think Apple is being very strategic with the way that they roll out these upgrades. I am 100% certain they could have done this a year ago, but they are timing it, I think. You know, three years after the original AirPods is definitely more than a coincidental uh, timing to be like, okay, if someone spent $250 three years later, maybe they're ready to do it again because their batteries are getting weak. I yeah. think that was very intentional. And some of them will have done it after two years, so and be tempted to upgrade yeah. yet again when the new model comes out. So it does seem a, a little bit convenient, I think. And there's also three different yeah. kinds of AirPods, so they can just keep this going for each one. So next year, get the new Maxes. Yeah. The year after, go right back to the entry level and just keep this going. I, I think like eventually, smart. probably next year, they're probably gonna. I think they're gonna get rid of the basic uh, AirPods eventually. Really, like the, well, the 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 generation, the kind of variant with no tips, completely. Like the second well, gen, like the AirPods two, right? yeah, yeah, like the long, yeah, stem the AirPods oh, right. second generation. Um, I I think they're going to drop those in the next year, probably. Uh, yeah. Um, because so like when AirPods came out initially, I believe they were one fifty nine. Uh, so now the second generation is down to 129. The third generation is up to 179 with MagSafe. So give it a year or two to get the AirPods third generation down to 159. And I think they probably just get rid of the regular AirPods. I mean, they're they're pretty old at this point. They're the old design. They're the old technology. I, I think they're probably just going to get dropped. And going back to the uh, the new charging case option, Apple's mm -hmm. almost is definitely doing that because they're getting ready to discontinue those second generation AirPods. I don't know why yeah. it's so important for them to have ten dollars difference when you're buying mm -hmm. AirPods, but there must be a, a reason. Um, and if they thought that that's what they needed to do at the entry level for the second generation AirPods, the fact that they're now doing it for the third does not look good for those second generation AirPods. You know what else Apple discontinued? Ready, ready for this transition. Oh, the iPhone 14 mini. Well, because that didn't happen. Oh. You know, the, the mini iPhone. Good transition. Yeah. But now we have a now we have a bigger regular non-pro iPhone, which we were expecting. I really don't have anything else yeah. to say about iPhone 14 <laughs> besides there's a bigger <laughs> option. <laughs> it's all about the pro. The 14, pro is where everything's at. Yeah, iPhone 14, I think, is probably the smallest update that Apple has ever done to an iPhone with the arguable exception of maybe the iPhone 5C. What about the 5? What would... about the 10S standard size? Yeah, I got the 10S Max just because of the larger screen, but the regular 10S I think is you're probably right about that. That was that and like the iPhone 5C, which was just an iPhone 5 with a cheaper case, 
Um, those are probably the only other times that Apple has done something this minor. Uh, but what's different this time is that they gave this one a new number. Both of those were just suffix changes, S year or a C. This they say, oh my God, it's a whole new number, 13 to 14. And the only thing that's different as far as I'm concerned is slight camera improvements and a new color and the satellite feature. And that's pretty much it. I think the, the the 14 will be good if you're coming from a much older device. Sure. 11. I think if you're, yeah, if you're, if you were, if you're, if you know, if you're comparing, um, there might be reasons to get the 14. You know, if you want, if you do actually care about crash detection, if you do actually care about the iPhone as sort of an emergency tool um, with satellite connectivity, and especially if you want that bigger screen size, but it's really only important to those people that maybe are coming from, I don't know, like an iPhone 7, an iPhone 8. Um, it, it would make more sense to me to get the, the latest device, um, especially if you want that, that bigger display size. But it's got an hour's extra battery. There's minor, minor refinements. The 6.7 is really supposed to have time. the best battery life, according to Apple, out of all the phones. Yeah. So that could be and useful. And that should be because it's got no ProMotion. It's not got uh, mm -hmm. the always-on. So it's not got the, the battery-hungry features from the Pro, but you've still got that... Uh, you know, big physical battery inside. Yeah. So I guess again, you know, it is, it is again to compare it like the 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 10s Max. It's the bigger size that's more interesting this year. Yeah, um, it's just a it's a shame that when you look at it year on year, there's not too much to get excited about. Anyone that is upgrading from the 13 uh, to just the 14, uh, I, I'd question your priorities in that situation. Unless you 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 are very paranoid and need that that crash detection and that satellite well, there... connectivity. Well, there are a lot of people that um, get incentives to upgrade after, year after year through That's their true. mobile carriers and Apple's iPhone update program. Like, I mean, you you do go a year, otherwise you're just you're going to finance it for two years and pay it off. And if you're one of those people that like, if you're in the upgrade program, it's probably because you want the best of the best each year. So I would imagine at this point, if you have been somebody who's stayed away from the pro, uh, maybe spend the extra like ten dollar difference a month. Um, and go for the Pro because that's where the bigger update year over year, and especially from the 11 Pro or even the 12 Pro, that's where the biggest mm -hmm. upgrade comes from. Um, and I'm surprised they kept it at that um, at the same yeah. price as well this year. Yeah, that was another they thing. They could have got away with the price rise, and I don't think we would have absolute pricing manipulation at its best. They really, they really did it again. No, that's. I think I really do think that that was 100 in intentional. Because they had planted these seeds of like the Apple Watch is going to be like a thousand dollars, like oh the, the iPhone 14 Pro is going to be a hundred dollar price increase, and then they they kept everything exactly where it was except for the iPhone uh, the Apple Watch SE, which they dropped in price. Mm -hmm. Well, I should clarify in the U.S. Uh, a lot of my EU and UK yeah. viewers uh -oh. were not quick doing to so note, well of it, yeah. Uh oh! It was, I think, a hundred and fifty to two hundred dollar price increase across the board. Increase? They raised increase. the price on the SE. Uh, no, no. I, sorry, on the iPhones, it was uh, uh, it was like two hundred dollars more expensive in most EU countries because the, SE the is euro and the pound are really right weak right I was now. Say, so is this to adjust for it. adjust for the currency? Even AirTags are more I'm expensive sure now. Yeah. yeah, every literally almost everything has gone up. So yeah, I'm not too happy about that, but let's not worry our, our U.S. listeners about that. Well, either way, I mean, there's not a lot to be excited about when it comes to the 14, but the Pro, 
Is it is Apple one of the only companies, or are we just being nerdy fanboys? But is Apple one of the only companies that could make what has seemingly been done for many years now? Cutouts to go full screen have been just that. They're cutouts. They're just so mm -hmm. that the camera can be useful on the front. And no other company has made that anything else. It just is what it is. And if we would have gotten that this year, uh, which we did, we got a whole cutout for the camera and then a pill shape for the true depth camera. If they would have just left it at that, we would have been like, all right, cool. We got a little bit of extra screen real estate, a little bit of a different look. That's about it. Mm -hmm. They made us excited about cutouts because they made it functional via software. Mm -hmm. And the, the naming is dumb, but like, whatever. Oh, yeah. I mean, I just... Yeah, honestly, this, I think, is probably the most exciting thing that Apple has done with the iPhone in years. And it's, it's really, when you, when you think about it, what they did here, I think, is, is absolutely one of the most innovative things that they could have done. Because they said, okay, we got two options. Every, everyone else is taking the route of concealment, right? We have, we have to have cameras in the front of our phones or uh, facial recognition sensors or earpiece speakers and every single other manufacturer has taken the route of let's try to hide this let's try to make it go away we'll, we'll make it just a hole punch we'll tuck it in the corner we'll put some pixels over top of it that you can still definitely see through everyone has done that but what apple did was say look we don't want to compromise by removing face ID, by you know compromising the quality of the display and the camera, by hiding it under there. So we're not gonna hide it. We're gonna work the whole UI into this system. And that no one has done that before. No one has thought to do that before. Honestly, it's the easier route because you don't have to develop all these hardware things. You can just put a digitizer over the camera and make it into a software feature. And I think it's absolutely brilliant. I'd agree. Uh, I, think, I think you put it really well. Um, okay. I think it is the, it stole the show um, really at the Apple. Yeah, and absolutely. I think it's quite incredible that people can go from complaining about the notch and wanting nothing more than the notch to be gone. And yet now people want this device for the almost exact same hardware <laughs> under the display yeah. that was there that they were complaining about before. Um, and just the way that this will actually improve interactions with the system by um, freeing up display area, not just because uh, there's actually more display area at the top of the display, but because uh, things like, say, uh, your the little icon you get, the little alert when you connect your AirPods, that will now take up less space and have a more dedicated mm -hmm. area, timers, all of these sorts of things. Um, and so that that closer, more well-integrated interaction, it's just so typically Apple. And it kind of shows what got so many of us interested in Apple in the first place, because it's exactly this way of thinking, we will go in a completely third direction with this. Um, so that's why I think it's really captured people. This is this is one of those mm -hmm. uh, really Apple, Apple features. Well, like when they... And they haven't had one of those in a while. I think yeah. that, you yeah. know... A lot of people with the iPhone have correctly had the argument that it's been very static. Um, when the iPhone 10 came out, that was obviously a big innovation. But I think that's the, the only time uh, in the past, I would say since the iPhone 6, that we've had one of these really big, like, wow, 
that's a really good idea moments with the iPhone. I mean, remember we were talking about the iPhone XS a while ago and people made fun of Apple then because the uh, the press images with that default wallpaper, uh, the wallpaper was that like side of the planet yeah. slash um, paint in the like oil paint that was really conveniently shaped so that you couldn't see the notch. It was It was an eyesore that we've all learned to live with. And now they said, hey, you know what? We can't get rid of it, but we're just going to make it part of the experience. And now we've gone from like, oh, man, I can't wait until they get rid of the notch to I want the dynamic island. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, you know, for those of you who might not have an understanding of what we're talking about, and if you didn't see it, um, basically, you know, when Apple introduced the notch, they gave us just an area to hide or to, to, to have the cameras and everything. And it was annoying because it didn't do anything and I don't think anyone is expecting it to do anything it was just annoying part of the top chunk of your screen missing but it was the best way that we could get the all display craze that everything was going on and then this year they yeah. changed that and made it so that notifications functions uh, alerts anything really that is you know quick useful information you can long press on it you can swipe it you can tap it and you can launch apps that are running in the background. So if you have the music app, you can see the artwork. And it's just on the left side of the, the pill-shaped part. And then there's like another icon on the right side kind of telling you what you're doing if you have things running in the background. And you can even long press, say, on like the music one and launch into like a widget there to control your music. And there's just things that you can do with an area of the screen that's supposed to be dead space. That's what it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be dead space mm -hmm. that's just in the top middle of the screen. And now they've made it so that you can actually do something with it. And whether or not, you know, you look at this as like Android has notifications that would be persistent, like icons in the top left corner uh, for some devices. And so if you're running a timer, you could see the timer icon or something like that on the top. This is like that with other things built in on steroids. There's just much more to it. And if you can get a chance to look at the, like some of the promotional material that Apple has for it, it's really cool. Um, and some early reviews that I've seen people, you know, hands-on that have been at the event has said it works really well. And it's like super fluid and, and also third-party developers will be able to use this space. So, you know, imagine if you've got, you know, I'm just thinking of reminders app and like think going back into things here or like productivity <laughs> apps. Like you got things that you yeah. can do up there. You run those uh, those timers for like 30 minutes of work, 30 minutes. Not, like you can see those kinds of things. And also this works really well as like the the like in use version of um, kind of like always on display, which is a thing that we also got. By the way, not getting talked about a lot. I know that it's... Oh, yeah. I, I forgot to talk about that in my video. Right. Like, I was so taken by the dynamic island, stupid name, that <laughs> I it's like it. the, the always-on display didn't even really occur to me. And it's I know, crazy. I know that that's something that people are going to scoff and be like, whatever, Android's had it for years. And that's fine. They have. Yeah. And it is what it is. You're right. And Apple's late to the game again. And they didn't do anything super groundbreaking to it. But it is a nice to have. And then when you add mm -hmm. that with the new software feature slash hardware feature of the of the dynamic island, it's like, dude, you're interacting with your device now in a completely different way than you normally would. And it makes it exciting for iPhone users. So, I mean, I don't know. Hate them for what you want. But they know when to implement these things at the right time. Yeah. And no Android phone has 
anything remotely like the dynamic island. So as much as Android people like to often correctly clown Apple for being really late to certain basic features, like iOS 16 just got haptic feedback on keyboards, which Androids have had since the dawn of humankind. Um, but nobody has ever thought to, to incorporate the necessary display cutouts like this. And I'm just thinking about the really simple well, ways that this could change the interaction with your phone. Sorry. Hold on. Go for hold it. on. I, I, I think uh -oh. there might be there might be three people in the comments that uh, might say, wait a minute, LG would like to enter the conversation. Do you remember? I forget. What's that mm. phone? It had a cutout at the top that they actually made useful. It was like a sec. They called it the second screen or whatever. And it was like a separate part of the display that you could like swipe between and add notifications and like apps and launch and stuff. It's not quite the same as this, but it was pretty close to where it was some kind of like dead space of the screen. Um, what was that phone? You guys go ahead and keep propping up the. Uh, I can't remember. I'm going to look it up. Cause but I guess that would be. I guess there's another uh, argument to be made there that Apple. Even when Apple does their big innovation, they're rarely first. They just figure out the way to do it best because clearly that was like a cool idea in that LG phone, but not a very memorable one because I, I, I have no idea what it is. Uh, nobody really, you know, it didn't become very widespread, but this dynamic island, I think, uh, is just like that perfect blend of simplicity and innovation that... Uh, is a cool idea that's also executed in a useful way. Uh, like the, the two biggest things that spring to mind are for music. The fact that you could see your AirPods and your battery and the album artwork, and then you press on that to expand out the player. That's great. That means I don't have to go into control center and then pop out that player. So that saves you a couple steps and gives you that information right away. Navigation. They showed, you know, 0.2 miles left arrow just hiding up there. Awesome. Love that. And when you are using your phone for navigation now, uh, you know that that uh, with Apple Maps, the little black banner that pops down that shows you what lanes you need to be in and when you turn, that banner they showed with the dynamic island being tucked much higher up and integrated more smoothly so it stays there instead of just showing up and going away. Like, just absolutely genius stuff that's super minimal not very complicated but just makes so much sense right here i'm going to share my screen um this is it so instead of being full screen they went to the very top mm. here and they had a bar and in this bar see the two cameras were over here i don't know if my arrows yeah. are pointing up on the screen but like there's a two the two cameras are on the left and then since there's dead space they filled it with functionality it's not nearly as good as what we get with, you know, this this dynamic island, but there were some other things that kind of like maybe paved the way for Apple to do this, but you're right. For the most part, no one else was thinking of doing this. And um it it really is something that did steal the show because people I don't think I saw a lot of negative comments about that, honestly. Like if you go to the Macros forums, which which sometimes could be a place of uh of uh negativity. <laughs> And like any other forum I've section. I've noticed that. Uh, like the comment yeah. section of that article was like, wow, this was incredible. Like this is this is great. I was not expecting that. Uh, way to go, Apple, like for innovating again. And it's so stupid when you take a step back and realize it's just 
this little part of the screen that was meant to just be dead space and they made it cool somehow it's the simplicity of it i think yeah um it's, it's because it, it all sort of has come together in the right way and i would say to go back to the always on display thing that's another kind of sign of apple waiting for things to kind of be right because they definitely could have you know provided an always on display years ago when they switched to oled yep but and i know they could have done this with previous versions of ios but they kind of had to give you that that improved lock screen in ios 16. you sort of needed both you need the hardware and the software to get a, a meaningfully better experience um, and you think of how this is interacting with the depth in wallpapers. Um, would previous iPhones have given you that that experience? Would the I assume it's the the neural engine that is doing that that work to cut out the images. Um, would the iPhone 10 have been able to do that? Probably not. And so, to some extent, this is why these things can take a while. Um, but we're only yeah. we're only focusing on the display here. I mean. We've also got the A16, which I think most of us weren't expecting to be uh, produced with four nanometer. I think most of us were expecting this to be five nanometer. So that was that came pretty out of left field. So we should Definitely. be expecting some pretty good performance improvements. And that's not even to mention the cameras. I feel like this is a pretty huge upgrade. Yeah. Normally, I would say if you're on the previous pro generation, probably not worth upgrading. This is the first year for a while when I might say, actually, quite a few 13 Pro customers, that could be worth it. Oh, I, th I think so. We'll, we'll jump into the cameras, especially you know if you're a Pro customer and Apple assumes Pro people are really into the cameras and that's where they put all their camera features. So like, we'll talk about that in about two seconds. But I just want to jump back to the always on display. Um, what also separates this is uh, there's not a lot of phones out there that does a full screen always on display. Um, you know, a lot of manufacturers, Samsung has really started to like implement little bits of art and things, but it's still mostly the top third of the screen. Uh, you're getting notifications and little things that you can swipe between and maybe some art, but it's not the full screen like this one. This is the full display basically being dimmed out and looking like you kind of left your iPhone. Like, like, you know, that, that time between when your iPhone's about to go to sleep and it like dims. And and then mm -hmm. it, then it turns off like it's always in that state, and it should hopefully not drain too much battery. But also, if you have live activities running, you can still see that you don't have to do anything. If you're waiting for an Uber and you're at your desk and you're like, ah, I need to pick up my phone and see, no, it's there, it's running. You don't have to do anything. Um, these are things that you just can't get on other phones when they have always on display. So they waited for the hardware, the LTPO. They waited for these things to kind of come together, uh, and with the software, and did a good job. Um, and now we switch to cameras because it's a massive update. The only thing I'm disappointed in is the 48 megapixels didn't lead us to 8K recording, which, I mean, no, we don't need 8K recording, but I don't know. I think it would just, everybody else has it now. It's one of those things where it's like, all right, Apple, let's go. You're kind of behind other people. I want to see you do it better. Um, but I think I'm excited to use the new camera. What about you guys? I think this is probably the biggest camera upgrade since Apple started going crazy with like triple camera setups. Yeah. Uh, and I would even argue that this is a more well-rounded upgrade than the iPhone 11 Pro, for example, because uh, the iPhone 11 Pro was not a huge upgrade to the primary and the telephoto lens. The big news was the ultra wide. And as anyone who had an iPhone 11 Pro knows, the ultra wide camera was a little bit as a little bit grainy uh <laughs> not the best quality and so i i believe i'm right in saying that uh 
all four cameras on the pro models have received upgrades this year yeah i think that's right yeah. and also you've got this new they're calling it photonic engine which i don't yeah. know i don't quite understand is it is it it's Sounds both hardware and software right but it's yeah. not like a part of the chip so it's a bit weird calling it engine but that yeah. also is supposed to improve uh low to mid uh low light performance across all of the cameras even the front and even the all front the camera is getting a pretty big upgrade because you've got autofocus for the first time ever. Which I don't think I ever realized we didn't have that. I always just kind of assumed, I don't take a lot of selfies, guys, so don't hate me. But I just kind of assumed that was always a thing, but I guess I never realized that, like, no, it's not. And uh, now we have autofocus. And, yeah, the two times, it's at least two times across the board. In some instances, it's three Mm -hmm. times. Um, So that's cool. I I think that was for low light, the two to three act? For low light, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so we, you know, we got to test it out, but the pictures that they provided obviously look incredible. Um, they always do. N- now they are doing pixel binning like everybody else that has a 48 megapixel offering. And so you're not going to always get, you can take full 48 megapixel like photos via ProRes. You can, um, or ProRes raw, but for the most part, your, your typical snap and shoot kind of thing or point and shoot, it's going to get it down to 12, but it's still going to be. A really good image compared to you know the 13 and the 12 and obviously all the way down um go ahead yeah the thing that i was the thing that i'm most curious to see is this new i mean we're talking about a lot of things going on here with the primary lens right uh, a much bigger sensor they had that quad pixel technology the photonic engine the 48 megapixel sensor and like that's that's a lot going on and so the biggest thing that i want to see in terms of actual end results is if they can finally sort of fix that classic um like iphone camera look do you know what i mean like when you take certain types of pictures and you see that grain pattern that slightly weird smoothed out grain that you can always see on iPhone pictures. Yeah. I'm really curious to see if with all of these new improvements in technologies, will they finally get camera, uh, will they finally get images that look more DSLR-like and less iPhone grainy type? Yeah. I mean, it'll be interesting to see um, with the test for sure. Hartley, go ahead. Looks like you were going to say something. No, I was going to say, I think that's that's something that's particularly fascinating because iPhone is, is, is leaping here from 12 megapixels, which it has had since uh, the iPhone 6S. And before that, I yeah. believe it was just 10 megapixels. So there has never been a, a leap quite like this. And so these images should look different. They're just not going to be able to um, look the same. And I wonder... It, just quite how different images taken with that um, that new wide camera will look from the telephoto and the ultra wide because these are now becoming very different cameras in their own right. Um, so that's one thing that I think will be interesting. The thing for me as a user of the iPhone 12 Pro that I was so pleased about and I never expected to see was I've got really used to the uh, the two times telephoto on the iPhone 12 Pro. And I was unhappy about the three times on the 13 Pro. But now, hmm. because it can crop in with the 48 megapixel, you can have both, which is such a, a nice little a nice little touch. Um, and it's it's actually useful. 
And I think that making the camera actually useful is something that the 14 Pro is doing way better than the 13 Pro, which also added a bigger camera bump. You know, you think of things like uh, cinematic mode, how useful really is cinematic mode? But action mode, that oh, is something that mm. people will use. Yes, um, absolutely. It, it all seems a bit more practical. It It's definitely high, like it's definitely... It's definitely a bold statement to say it's gimbal quality. Um, yeah, but, that's going to have to be tested. But if it is, that's a game changer for somebody like me who, when when I go to an event, um, I all like especially like CES, man. Back in the day, you take all these cameras and these tripods and everything, and then you realize I don't want to carry all this all day uh, when I'm walking like mm -hmm. thirty thousand steps because it's just never ending, um, you know, booths. And I end up using my iPhone for like the last two days and no one notices or mentions or whatever. Like it's it's fine. So now I've just decided at any event like this where it's quick and shooting, I'm going to just use my iPhone. And stabilization has already been really good. But imagine the shots and the things that you can do with the action mode. And like if it really is gimbal smooth, I, why would I need to take my DSLR for, you know, quick launch events or, you know, conferences? I'm sure there's plenty of other use cases. You're chasing your kids. You know, stabilization can only do so much. Turn on that action mode. And I mean, you're probably going to get some pretty smooth video of your kids running around and doing whatever you want to do. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm excited about that for sure. I want to test it out. I'm, I'm sort of expecting this to be quite similar to um, GoPro footage. That's the way that I sort of interpreted this. Because um, GoPros... I think do a very similar thing, which is when you have that hyper smooth stabilization on, it's combining uh, digitally cropping in on the sensor and optical lens stabilization. Because obviously we still have all of those features, um, like you mentioned, since the 12 Pro Max, which has that sensor shift technology. So we've got sensor shift, um, we've got a huge sensor that it can crop in on. Uh, and I think the big thing that's going to be different uh, when you add in that digital component is uh, rotation. Because if you ever turn on um, the hyper smooth uh, settings in a GoPro, you can rotate it around and it'll still keep the frame uh, centered with, uh, or horizon leveled, I should say. Yeah. So that is going to make a really big difference and i think that's what gets you that little bit closer to a gimbal is it's not just smoothing your motion it's controlling for rotation and it's keeping your your frame digitally centered over a much bigger axis of movement yeah and i'm guessing because of the 48 megapixel sensor it's probably and it's, I, i'm assuming action mode works in 4k i'm guessing i don't know for I sure i hope so they haven't said anything because if it is a 4k crop down to like a 1080 um, you know, final output, then that would might be kind of a bummer. So I'm guessing that it probably does yeah. record a little above 4K in order to make it a true, you know, for that resolution. Because if it is going to have to crop in, um, you're going to lose some of that. So that would be kind of interesting to see what they do there. Um, I, I mean, yeah, I'm I'm excited about the camera. Let me check sure. on this real quick. Yeah, I don't know if there's any information released on it. Um, see, that's very interesting. So. Um, all right, so two things. Number one, they don't have any information on frame rate or resolution on the Compare website. It just says action mode. Okay. 
the other thing is I'm now remembering that action mode is also available on iPhone 14 and 14 plus, uh, which don't have that 48 megapixel sensor. So I'm so, guessing you're, you're going to lose out on, you're not going to get true 4k out of it. I'm guessing it's, it's going to be 1080. Um, okay. it's possible that action mode on the pro models could be a, a higher resolution. Sure. But you'd think that they would have clarified that uh, because that could be a selling point. So I would just set expectations at 1080p. I mean, either way, it's still 1080 is still very useful. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm excited for this camera. I, I just think the whole iPhone 14 Pro and Pro Max as a whole is like what Hartley said too. It's, just, it's a really good upgrade, especially year over year, which obviously with the iPhone 14, not so much. And that's, you know, that's going back to that's not who this was intended for. The iPhone 14 wasn't intended for people who, you know, upgrade every year. It's for the people who are a few years out at least. Um, this mm-hmm. is your cheaper entry level version into a, um, into a, to the new phone. And I think the 6.1 inch is probably going to sell quite a bit. So, um, or not the 6.1, the 6.7, for those who like big phones. Uh, and that's what Apple's banking yeah. on since they got rid of the smaller option. But my my advice is if you want a new iPhone and you're torn between the two, definitely go with the Pro. It just makes the most sense. It's going to be well worth it. What do you guys think? Yeah, I agree. And you'll okay. never tire of the dynamic island just being a nice, just, fun thing. I if I had to look at so the notch cool. now, I'd make that buying decision. I would, I would regret not having the, the dynamic yeah. island. Yeah, if you're if you're definitely in the market and you know money is not quite something that you're really focusing on, you're just trying to like, hey, just want a new phone and it's time for me to get the new one. Which one out of the iPhone 14 should I get? Uh, definitely get whatever size you prefer of the Pro version. It's gonna be the most new, feature-rich phone that you can get, and it is definitely not something where I would say, go oh, just go look at a cheaper iPhone 13 because there are drastic differences that do not compete. Yeah. I would I would probably advise going for a 13 over a 14. Right. Uh, if you are looking or, if you don't yes. it, it, like if if 800 is your hard cap, yes. don't bother with the 14. No. Um unless you wanted a I big think, 6.1 inch non-pro phone, you know. Cuz uh, well, are, are you talking I'm sorry, 6.7. Yeah. yeah. Are you are you talking well cuz cuz how much is a, a 13 Pro now? Like so can, a thir- oh, that's a good question. Uh, yeah. So you can get. I'm looking on uh, Amazon right now. Uh, let me see. So you can get a renewed iPhone 13. Uh, that one's got 256 for 774. So that's pretty good. Or yeah, so you can save a hundred dollars, or basically get twice the storage and still save a little bit of money getting a regular 13. Yeah. It looks like the iPhone 13 Pro has not yet. Um, at least on Amazon, they're still basically looking like the same. You'll have to give it a couple of weeks, I think, to see the price. It'll take a little while. Yeah. Well, isn't Apple keeping the 13 in the lineup? So, I mean, 13, but not the 13 Pro. Right. Yeah. I mean, 13 Pro. What does the 13 start with at Apple for new from them? It's obviously cheaper than 7.99. It's 6.99. Yeah. So the the Apple they kept. Yeah, they kept the 12, 13, and 14, all 6.1 inch, and it goes 599, 6.99, 7.99. Okay. Uh, so definitely don't get the iPhone 12 because that's only going to have 64 gigabytes <laughs> of storage, and I don't think that's a good deal. No. Um, 
So, and by the time you upgrade the storage to 128, it's the same price as an iPhone 13. So like, what? Why would you buy that? That's stupid. Yeah, uh, yeah so get the iPhone 13 over the 14, uh, it, unless you get the Plus. I think the Plus is, is going to be great uh, for those who want that larger screen size, but just want to save $200. I can definitely understand if you don't really care about those pro features, but personally, I would probably take a 14 pro instead of a 14 plus, even though you're going down in that screen size, I think the, uh, the dynamic Island kind of gives you better utilization of the screen. So I would take that trade. Dynamic Island, always on display cameras, and the faster processor, battery life, battery life, more battery. Well, well, the 14 the, Pro yeah, the plus, yeah. Oh, so, wait. and that was actually, you know, speaking of battery life, that was the thing that was weird. Is I believe Apple said iPhone 14 Plus had the best battery yes. life of any iPhone ever, but their website does not support that, which is weird. Really? So, yeah. So basically, they comparing the iPhone 14 Plus and the Pro Max. They say 26 hours of video playback on the Plus, 29 on the Pro Max. They say video playback streamed is 20 on the Plus, 25 on the Pro Max. The only difference, the only area where the 14 Plus is rated higher is in audio playback, which is strangely 100 hours on 14 Plus, 95 on the Pro Max. But in all the other metrics, so if everything that they quote that's the Pro Max because you is music rated better. Be one. Because that's yeah, that's I don't know why they would display, use that so metric. That's maybe very strange they, to me. Maybe they meant of any iPhone that's not named the 14 Pro and Pro Max. Because <laughs> it was it's, during I the... Think... Well, they haven't announced them <laughs> I know, at that point in the presentation, right? right? So, so at that time, they technically didn't exist. So those were the that was the best one you could get. Or that was out <laughs> until four and, minutes later. Yeah, <laughs> until I announced the next one. Yeah, that is weird. So I don't I know. know. Maybe it's, I, we gotta test that out. Wait, no. Wait, hang on. Were you looking at the wrong on one? On the iPhone 14 product page, the very first thing you scroll down, it says big and bigger. They show the screen size, and the very first thing that you see is our longest battery life ever. Hmm. I'm what? confused. There must be a footnote for that. Some kind of metric. Yeah. Some kind of measurement. There's no asterisk on it. I'm so confused by like, I don't know why they would be making that claim. They must just be going by the audio playback, and maybe they're trying to argue like a more of a battery use case for the 14 plus. I. It's very strange. Maybe when these things actually get opened in teardowns, that will have the physically biggest battery of any of the iPhones, and maybe that's what it is. Who knows? Either way, I think it still stands for the most part um, that what we highlighted on what you should buy, if you're you know considering any of these new ones, um, the Pro is obviously just the better update, and it just makes sense to go with that if that's something that you can afford. And um, you know whether or not you use those extra features... It's nice to have, and you will use the dynamic island. You don't have a choice. Uh, I don't think yeah. you can. I don't think you can turn that off. You could probably turn off always on display. I don't think you can turn off the dynamic island. So that is part of what you get. And so, 
you know, at the very least, that's going to be a huge change, whether you like it or not. And you, hopefully you like it because I like it. We all like it. Apple seems to like it. Probably not going away for a little bit. So I don't know. I think uh, I think we, we pass everything off to you guys. If, you're com- if you have a place that you can comment and let us know, let us know because I am curious to hear what everybody has to say. Um, anyone curious. else want to want to say anything before we wrap up on the whole event? Did you like the event? I did. I thought that this year was, uh, I mean, okay, if you're looking at it from the more um, lower end side of things, Apple Watch Series 8, iPhone 14, you would absolutely and rightfully be disappointed because Apple really didn't do that much for those products. But the headlining stuff, Apple Watch Ultra, iPhone 14 Pro and Pro Max, I think they knocked it out of the park. I think... um, Without a redesign, having an update that's this compelling is is very impressive. Uh, and the Apple Watch getting a new higher end model that actually seems like it's well priced, I think Apple did a great job this year. Yeah, I would agree. I'd one hundred percent agree. Um, I think this has been. I think Apple's on a pretty good trend of events right now. I feel like WWDC was also one of the best in years, um, mm-hmm. and clearly. The problem I think they are having long term is they're only being able to devote a lot of energy into one model at a time. So this year is was the pros and was the ultra. Um, and we can see that quite clearly. So maybe next year when the dynamic island comes to iPhone 15, next year maybe we'll get some new health features on Apple Watch Series 9. I know it's kind of strange to look this far ahead, but next up has got to be the entry level. They've got to, they've got to kind of even things out. Um, and I think that the features they are they are setting out now, especially, you know, we mentioned AirPods Pro as well. I think things are coming together pretty nicely. I think Apple's product lineups are getting stronger. And that was that wasn't necessarily a certain thing. Um, you know, people have been saying for a long time that the iPhone, you know, we've reached peak iPhone, that the Mac's not in a good place. The Mac's stronger than than it ever has been. And I think this kind of proves that the iPhone isn't done yet. So I just want to say two things before we wrap up. Um, Sam was supposed to come on here and dunk on me because of the Apple event invite from the last show. Um, and I still think I'm not wrong. And I will say this. I know I know oh. this sounds like someone who I know this sounds like someone who doesn't seem like they could admit when they're wrong. I think I can. I will admit that I'm wrong in the sense that he was right that it did have something to do with satellite <laughs> connectivity. But my yeah. point is, my point is. The Apple event invites, in hindsight, in retrospect, have nothing to do with the main headlining features. How much time did they spend talking about satellite connectivity? Not as much as they did on the the things that matter that everybody are going to use on a regular basis. It is those they they take those little things that are cool. Like it, it is a cool feature. We didn't even talk about it today, but. It is a cool thing for people to have, especially if you're ever in a situation where you need to reach you know, emergency services. I can think back to a point in my life where that would have been helpful. That's not the star of the show. The star of the show was the Dynamic Island, the iPhone 14 Pro. They could have, if, they, if all of their event invites really have something to do with the major thing that they're announcing, they would have made it around the, the Dynamic Island, the hole punch. You know, Look at Samsung's event invites. When it's the fold, it's literally something that's folded in half. Okay, We know what <laughs> yeah. it is. Like they they literally say what it is on the event. This is not what I that's not what I'm saying. They never do that. And we went back and looked at all those event invites and we pointed out the little tiny things that like, oh yeah, they spent five seconds talking about that. That's what I'm saying. So yes, I knew that 
you know, there was a good chance that satellite connectivity was going to be a thing and that far out and the stars and everything meant that. But that wasn't what they spent a whole lot of time talking about. That's not going to be something that they're going to advertise a whole lot when it comes to these phones. They'll talk about yeah. it a little bit. It'll be mentioned in a brief commercial, but it's not going to be the selling point for people. It's not. Not right now. Not for everyone. Yeah, they definitely think, do that with the iPhones more so than... I think in some of the Mac events, they tend to be a little bit more um, on the nose. Like with the the M1 reveal and the M1 Pro reveal, both of those events were like, you know, light speed, very fast, and like streaks of light where it was very clearly like, okay, sure. fast Apple Silicon. Sure. But yeah, I mean, like if you look back at the 2020 iPhone event, there, it was like very clearly a nod to 5G, but the big thing that everyone was talking about was the new design. So you're definitely right with the iPhone. It's usually that second or third feature that they make yes. the events themed. Yes. So it's that, not the our, one that, that we're our all... conclusion now, Dan, for the future? Is this what we're going to say? That not that the event invites mean nothing, but they just mean like the second well, or third most a, important yeah, thing. Yeah, that's exactly. what I mean. Which, yeah. which ultimately means nothing because what everyone's hyperfixing is... Sam's going to not be happy with you the next time well, we have him on, Oh, no, he's going to be mad. Listen, he's right. I told him he's – well, I haven't told him, but I, he's right. Um, he was right. He was right. But my point was that I didn't probably uh, eloquently state the last time was that it doesn't mean what you think it means. Not your first obvious thing. It's always it, something a little It was far. obvious because it was the, the stars. And it, so it but it was wasn't the Sam star was. of the show. And also, yeah, but it's it wasn't not... claiming to be the star of the show. It was, but then like, why, why put that on? But I'm just saying their, their event invites could be far more straightforward for me, personally. Right, that's true. Make but them... then there'd be no fun with that. We want the, we want the speculation. We want, we, well, want a bit of, also, we want the debate. Didn't Sam say that he was excited about this feature because he thought that it was going to be something that we could like use in a beyond capacity of emergency services? Because I was kind you of under the... You can use it beyond emergency services because you can use it with Find My. But I mean, like, he, I, I think a lot of people were maybe thinking, myself included, that, like, I'm out in the middle of nowhere. I can connect to the satellite and I can send my wife a text saying, like, hey, I'm cool. Don't worry about me. I'll be home in, like, 15 minutes. You know, like, where, where there's a lot of rural areas where you just don't have any access to, to any kind of cell service. Now you can find, you know, because you're out in the middle of nowhere, you probably have a good, you know, clear point of view to the satellite that's orbiting you. Then you can make a quick phone call or you can send a quick text or an iMessage to somebody. I think that that kind of takes away from that a little bit. I mean, it's still cool that you can at least contact emergency services uh, because you know, that's important, but I don't know. It's not what he was expecting, so just saying. Yeah. Just saying. Also, I the second we'll thing. I think we'll have to have him back on soon to defend his position here. Yeah, I should have <laughs> texted him and said that we were on so he can come dunk on me and then I could drop this hammer on him and then we can get into a big fight, but... Um, I will say my other thing is everyone keeps asking me about the end of the event, which I got up. I got up and went to my my desk and I didn't watch the the end. So I was like, "What happened?" There was a lady going onto a train, and she kind of glitched a little bit, and then that, then the event ended. Did you guys see that? Oh yeah, that's a, so that was a that was a little reference to Severance. So, yes, yes. So I'm I, super like, excited. Yeah, I went back and watched it, and I didn't catch that at first, and then I read some comments, and I was like, ah. Okay, because she doesn't look like Britt Lower, the actress who plays uh, um, Helly, right? That's her name? Um, mm -hmm. It didn't look like her at first. Uh, and so, you know, she had the red hair, but I just, I didn't pick up on it. But then if you really look at it, it's her outfit that she wears a lot in the show. And then there, she's got the blue badge. And uh, apparently she was featured twice. Or even if that's not her and just like yes. a double. It might, might very well so be a double. 
<laughs> Apparently, there was another cameo, and I missed this one. Um, yeah. I'm looking through the event right it's, now but apparently in the airpods pro yeah. scene um when they were introducing it uh the the i'm finding it now yes so the the executive is on uh, a subway car and she gets off of it and she passes heli okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and she says if you blink or whatever you might miss it or something like that and and that was like a little nod which if you guys are fans yeah. of severance Super cool. I thought it was a. I, I'm I'm sure it doesn't really have that much meaning, but I thought it was a nice little detail that they threw in there. Yeah, pretty cool. Um, ultimately, the event was great, and uh, this episode was really long, so I apologize. But I think there was a lot of good stuff in here. And Luke, I appreciate you coming on. I know Hartley does as well. Uh, if you want to plug anything for those who have made it this far, um, uh, go ahead. Now's your chance. Uh, I'll be quick. Uh, check out my channel. I've got coverage on all of this stuff, of course. Uh, and if you want to hear me ramble on more about Apple stuff, uh, definitely check out my podcast, Dark Mode. I stream every Sunday at 9 p.m. Eastern time. We do it live. We're bold and risky. It's a lot of fun. Doing definitely it stop by. Live is definitely interesting. Yeah. Luke, thank you so much for joining <laughs> us. Really appreciate it. And, um, yeah, I'm excited to test out the iPhone. I'm excited to see your coverage on it. Awesome. I'm great. I'm glad to be here. <laughs>